630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Took the Islanders five and a half minutes to get their first shot of the game. Here we're nine minutes into the second. They still don't have a shot on goal. Tavares shoots and scores! The captain roofs it from the left circle. It's a power play goal. And on their first shot of the period, the Islanders have a 4-1 to lead. Chris King with the call. That is still the score. 4-1 Islanders leading Tampa Bay. Two and a half minutes into the third period. That's Tavares with his sixth of the playoffs. Shane Prince has scored twice. Hamannick is first of the postseason. The other goal, Palat with the only marker for the Lightning. It actually gave them a one nothing lead at the time. Bishop was pulled. He allowed four goals on 13 shots, and the Islanders looking very good in game one tonight. Game seven of the second round, or of the first round, pardon me, starts in about an hour. That's uh, Anaheim against Nashville. The Blue Jays and the White Sox still scoreless. They're now into the seventh inning at Rogers Center. And of course, your uh, scoreboard is presented by Crystal Glass for all your glass needs. Visit crystalglass.ca. Going to be a fun second round, and starting up tomorrow. Washington against Pittsburgh, a showdown between two of the top players in the entire league. And to set that up, I'm pleased to welcome back to the show Pittsburgh Penguins analyst Phil Bork. Phil, you're on with Reed. How have you been, sir? Oh, I've been good, Reed. Really, really good. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing very well. Great to catch up with you. And uh, i got to say, I'm trying to think, Phil. Let's see. Uh, a team uh, changes coaches midseason. That never works, does it? Right? That team could never go on to win the Stanley Cup. Oh, wait! The Penguins have followed this script before, haven't they? <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a long time ago, man. That seemed uh, was a lot of heart, uh, heartache and heartbreak uh, since that 2009 run when the Penguins changed coaches and Michelle Terrian was uh, relieved of his duties. And Dan Bilesma came in right around Valentine's Day and uh, the team caught fire and they carried right through the playoffs. And and you're exactly right. There are some similarities here that, um, you know, Mike Johnson was relieved of his duties right before Christmas break. And Mike Sullivan's come up and uh, from the baby Penguins and has really turned things around for the Penguins here. Sullivan with a record of 33-16-5. That's a 6-11 points percentage. He pushed them all the way up to fourth overall. Uh, I mean, under Mike Johnson, they were okay, 15-10-3. You know, not a disaster, but I guess maybe not uh, up to expectations. What do you think Sullivan has been able to do that that has worked? How much of the turnaround is on the coaching? Well, so many people want to point to systems. And have there been tweaks by Mike Sullivan? Well, absolutely there have been. But you know, for me, Reed, it's accountability. It's, um, you know, playing with passion. It's playing with commitment. It's having a purpose. It's knowing your, your job description, knowing what is expected of you, uh, shift in and shift out. Um, and that's, I think, pretty much can sum up what Mike Sullivan's been able to do is, you know, number one, I think he formed a relationship with the, with the star players, with Sid and Gino and Chris Letang, uh, and, and got them to buy into what he was selling and hold them accountable for, you know, some unravelings that they had, um, some what I like to call hoper plays, high-risk hockey plays that crept into their game. He's been able to snuff that out 
And uh, on top of that, we've had some young players come up the, from the Baby Penguins uh, that had a relationship with Mike Sullivan and have made us a faster team uh, and made us a team with a lot more depth. I, I'm glad you brought that up about uh, with the systems, Phil, because as you know, I, I work with a, a former teammate of yours, Rob Brown, every Oilers game on our For pregame sure. show and our postgame show. And, and, you know, I know it's been a, a while since Rob retired, but he always makes the argument there are really only two, three, maybe four ways that teams forecheck. It's it's not as right. it's not it's not like a, a football playbook where they might have seventy eight different plays going into a game, right? I mean, I mean, so so that's interesting. A lot of times we talk about the systems and 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 the styles, but but you point your finger at a totally different aspect of the, of of the coaching. Has has that often been your experience as a player and a broadcaster? Yeah, very very true. What Brownie's saying. Yeah, there's there's. It's a bit of a copycat league. There are not many variations, but it's, you know, can you get a star player to play better than he thinks he can play? Can you get that role player better to play better than, uh, you know, to get him out of the thinking of, oh, I'm a third, fourth-line guy. I need to be responsible defensively. I can't be on for a goal against. And thinking safe, safe, safe. Can you get him to maybe chip in a goal here or there and and play both sides of the puck? Uh, To me, that's being a great communicator, that's being a coach that is able to express what kind of passion he has, and, and that's a coach that has a relationship with his players without being their friend. Listen, I mean, they don't need friends. All these guys make enough money, they can go buy all the friends they want. They need a coach, damn it. They need a coach that's going to get them to play the right way. We, we always knew we had enough talent here. We knew we had the star power. But now we've been able to sprinkle in uh, role players that have scored big goals we have a nice combination of youth and veteran players, uh, and and we have a coach, a coaching staff that um, that it seems to be the right fit for this group. Phil Bork, former Pittsburgh Penguin, now an analyst with the team, joining us tonight inside sports on six thirty. Chad, I, I want to ask you about a, a couple of guys specifically here. First of all, I want you to tell me a little bit about Phil Kessel's journey this season because it was funny when he went to the Penguins. A lot of people were kind of like, well, there it is, 50-goal uh, season. Going to play with Crosby? Uh, 50 goals. Put Phil Kessel down. He scored 26, which is only one more than he got last season on a pretty poor Leafs team. But he did get three and five playoff games through the first round. Just tell me a little bit about Phil Kessel, the expectations, and, and how he actually has played. Well, my expectations coming in were like yours. I was a little bit giddy, uh, <laughs> and I had him in for 40 not quite 50. 50 seems to be almost impossible unless your name is Alexander Ovechkin nowadays in the league with uh, the size of the goalies equipment and everything else. But with that being said, uh, it's been a bit of a roller coaster ride uh, with Phil Kessel. He's, he's gone a long stretch uh, where he hasn't scored this season. He's gone a really long stretch where he didn't have a power play goal. I think he went, I want to say, 52 or 53 games with just one power play goal. But he keeps going over the boards and you know, you can't deny his speed, and you can't deny that, you know, shift in and shift out, that he can break a game wide open all by himself because of his shot. I've definitely seen in the last, and not just in the playoffs, as you mentioned, the three goals in the five games, but I'd say the last month, the last three weeks of the regular season, his battle level has been better, his commitment uh, to be more consistent and, and to uh, have more passion in his game and to try to win more puck battles and engage on a somewhat physical basis, he really doesn't like physical contact at all. He wants to play a, uh, a free-flowing uh, trade chances type of game. That fits his style better. But 
he's another guy that I think that Mike Sullivan has had some uh, eyeball-to-eyeball conversations with to get him to ramp up his game and to be a little more committed and to be a little more consistent. And it's, it's paying dividends. It's interesting, you know, with Evgeny Malkin out of the lineup, Phil Kessel ramped his game up when uh, Gino was out, and uh, the line of, of Kessel, Benino, and Haglund was really, really good to the point where when Gino came back, Mike Sullivan kept those three together and put Gino on a, on a different line. So, but Phil Kessel's been really good, uh, mostly in the last uh, four to six weeks. All right, I, I got to ask you about Justin Schultz. He, uh, you know, the last couple seasons didn't go well for him in Edmonton. He was he was booed by his own fans. He was finally traded to the Penguins, where he got eight points in eighteen games in the regular season. But has he become a uh, an extra piece here in the playoffs? Because I don't think he's he, he's only played one or two games, hasn't he? Yeah, he has been an extra piece, which I'm I'm a little surprised, but nobody deserves to come out. I mean, you look at our D men. You have Latang and Mata. You have uh, Brian Dumoulin playing with Trevor Daly. Those are your top four. And then you have Ben Lovejoy with uh, Ian Cole. And they've all been really good. So, you know, Justin Schultz isn't out of the lineup because of his play. He's out of the lineup because of the old hockey cliche, it's a numbers game right now. Uh, I I was a little surprised that that Ben Lovejoy didn't come out. And, again, Ben Lovejoy's been good. He doesn't deserve to come out. But I just thought... Justin Schultz brought, uh, brings a, a, a little different element towards what we're trying to accomplish here. He has a little more a higher skill than Ben Lovejoy, but I'll be honest with you. Justin Schultz has been really good for us on both sides of the puck. He has shown us some of that offensive flair, which you saw in Edmonton, but I'll tell you what, and this is not just me being a Penguin analyst and Penguin fan, but he, he's really good defensively, just solid, just you know, makes the right decisions, and I guess it's one of those cases where a change of scenery has been really good for him. Well, it, it must be because that's, uh, making the right decisions defensively wasn't uh, the Justin Schultz that, that we were talking about a lot of times while he was here with the Oilers. And you know what? Good good for him because I, I, I hope that he has, has a lot of success and he gets pointed in maybe a bit of a more positive direction than he was, than he was facing here because it was getting tough for uh, for him wearing number 19 in Edmonton. What's going on with the uh, the goaltending uh Phil, and tell me a little bit about the guys who have stepped up too. All right. Well, let's start. Let's start from the well, not from the bottom, but let's start from the <laughs> rankings, I guess, from the outside looking in. And let's start with Jeff Zadkoff, who played the first two games against the Rangers, uh, won the first game, lost the second game, and it had nothing to do with the way he played. It was the team in front of him because he was still solid in net. Uh, but you know, he's kind of cast to the to the side and kind of put out as a, a man on an island when Matt Murray got called up and Mark Henry Fleury was healthy. And uh, great teammate, and that's the thing about Jeff Zadkoff, is his teammates love him. Now, Matt Murray, who currently has the net uh, and uh, won his last three games in the playoffs uh, after coming off a, a little bit of a concussion-like symptoms uh, injury uh, from the last game against uh, the Philadelphia Flyers in the regular season, uh, is an absolute stud. I think he's the best young goaltender in the game. Uh, he's six foot four and he plays like he's seven foot four. He takes up a ton of net. Really sound technically. Uh, a great mind and uh, control of his emotions when it comes to what you need to be a goaltender in the National Hockey League. And he is the real deal. He is not coming out of the lineup until he definitely stubs his toe. That's my personal opinion. Mark Arne Fleury, who is practicing with the team, uh, we are not uh, given any information this time of year. If he's been play, uh, um, cleared to play, 
He has been cleared to practice, obviously, is seeing shots, and it's a, a day-to-day thing, really. That's such a cliche, but really, his symptoms come and go to the point where I, I don't think he's, he's ready to go. And even if he was ready to go and cleared to play, again, it's, it's Matt Murray's net until he stubs his toe. All right, and, and Phil, I want to wrap up. And I, you know, like I know it, it's it's a team game. So much is going to happen, but I think it's good for the league and draws in the interests of a lot of fans too when they realize it's Crosby against o- o- Ovechkin. Just from being a fan of the game, um, you know, your take on those guys going head to head and and some of the fireworks that we might see. Well, that's yeah, that's what everybody wants to see. They want to see uh, Sid and Ovi. John with each other, um, you know, pushing and shoving each other, trading goals back and forth, which we saw a lot of in, in 2009 when these last time these two teams matched up. But I'll be honest with you, Reed, it, it, more times than not, it, it doesn't come down to those two. And it even doesn't come down to uh, Kuznetsov or Backstrom or, or Malkin. It, when these two teams get together, it's usually the next-tier players that make the most impact. Uh, really, for me... The biggest thing going into the series is Murray versus Holpe, the two goaltenders. Uh, but you also have John Carlson, their number one defenseman, and Crystal Tang, the Penguins' number one defenseman. But uh, they won't admit it, Crosby and Malkin, but they, they're salivating. They can't wait for puck drop tomorrow night. Uh, they, I don't think they like each other. Their personalities are so different. Uh, but they never – I think they'll always give uh, each other props and uh, respect each other in the media. But I think if you – got them in a bar with some couple of Canadian loggers and really got them to spill their guts, uh, I think they would tell you that uh, they really have a, a nice, healthy hatred for each other. Well, yeah, that's going to be fun. Phil, thanks for making time for us, and, and thanks for, for choosing Canadian beer as well at the end. That's a good call. <laughs> Always. I love my Canadian beer, Reed. Anytime. <laughs> I enjoy it. Good hockey talk. See you, Phil. That's Phil Bork checking in tonight, radio analyst for the Pittsburgh Penguins as they get set to take on the Washington Capitals tomorrow. Interesting stuff there. He's pretty high on Matt Murray in the Penguins' net, and uh, he said Justin Schultz has been good on both sides of the puck for the Pittsburgh Penguins and has been making good decisions defensively. Surprised to hear that? You, you probably are given what uh, Rob and I heard from you throughout the last couple of Oilers seasons. Of course, you can always text us at 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. Still ahead, Michael Pinball Clemens on the show. And, uh, oh, I think Greg Reynolds from Kissing Country downstairs is going to pop up as well. 1-800-467-4604. For prostate problems, men trust Super Beta Prostate. It's one of the few products that I've taken that does what it says it's going to do, and Super Beta Prostate was real. I remember after I started taking it, I had my first full night of sleep. I sleep better at night. I, I don't have to get up all night long like I used to, and you know my, my girlfriend really enjoys it too, so let's just leave it at that, I guess. <laughs> get your free bottle of Super Beta Prostate before this offer is gone forever. Just call 1-800-467-4604. That's 1-800-467-4604. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad.
The Tampa Bay Lightning have fought back with a goal by Nikita Kucherov, his sixth of the postseason from Carl and Hedman, but they still trail the New York Islanders 4-2 with nine minutes left in game one of that second-round series. Of course, later on tonight in about 45 minutes, game seven of the first round will face off with Anaheim home to Nashville. The road team won the first four games. The home team has won the last two. Of course, the Ducks are the home team for that game. The Blue Jays now trailing the White Sox 3-0. That has moved into the bottom of the seventh inning. Western Hockey League playoff action tonight. Brandon in uh, Red Deer for game four of that series. Red Deer won last night. So Brandon is up two games to one, and uh, we have a 1-1 tie early in that game, seven and a half minutes in. Later on, Seattle hosts Kelowna. This is Inside Sports on 630Chad. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. Good to have you along for the ride. You can always text 630-630, the phone-in number 780-496-0063. We had Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly, Deputy Commissioner of the NHL, Bill Daly, on the show earlier. I I asked him uh, his thoughts on uh, should there be an Oilers rule where a team is limited as to the number of times they can draft first overall in a short span of years. But I do think it runs contrary to what the whole draft um, is supposed to be about, which is you want to give the clubs who finish poorly a chance to get better. Uh, So you want to give them an advantage in, in, uh, in the next season's draft. And I think that's the whole philosophy of, of, of a draft. Uh, in professional sports always has been and I think you want to maintain that um, at least as a concept and then you can work around issues that come up over time but I'm not sure kind of limiting a team to the number of first round picks over a period of time makes sense to me personally but again I'm not making the decisions ultimately. All right, that is Bill Daly, Deputy Commissioner of the NHL. He was on between 6.30 and 7 tonight. Rowdy Yates has texted it. He says, I'm so glad last year's number one pick went to a Canadian team. Or another way to say it, I'm glad the number one picks uh, don't go to non-traditional hockey markets. Probably not what Bettman would want. Well, there's a good chance a Canadian team's going to draft first this year. You have Toronto at 20%, Edmonton at 135 and uh, Vancouver at 11.5, Calgary at 8.5, Winnipeg at uh, 7.5, Montreal at 5, Ottawa at 2.5. So, I mean, almost 70% that a Canadian team is going to pick first overall and get Austin Matthews. We will have the results for you. Special show starting Saturday at 5 right here on 6.30 Chet. All right, we're coming up to the 7.30 news. Still ahead. Greg Reynolds, we'll have some fun chat with him. He's the drive time host on Kissing Country 103.9. He's going to come up the stairs and join me. Michael Pinball Clements, former great running back and kick returner for the Toronto Argos, will be on the show. He's going into Canada Sports Hall of Fame later this year. And our Living the Dream segment is back with Jason Jaffrey. Born in Rimby, spent most of his childhood in Olds. Just won a league championship with Munich in the German Hockey League. That's all a kid in the second half of Inside Sports. This is 
a Darius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Thank you, Mr. Bowman. It's 7.33. It's 4-2. The Islanders leading Tampa Bay just under five minutes to go in the third period of that game. We have Chris and Phoenix on the line. We'll bring him in in about 30 seconds. Pleased to be joined in studio by a guy we always have some fun with here on Inside Sports. He's made the long trek up the stairs here at the Chorus Entertainment Radio Compound. It's Greg Reynolds from Kissing Country. You're supposed to be panting after you walk up those stairs, right? That's that's an okay move? Uh... Sure. Shirts on summer for me again, I guess. Hey, all right, <laughs> awesome. Can I just say, Adarius Bowman? I got to meet him at uh, our Stollery Radiothon this year. Yep, nicest guy ever. He was awesome. He was so much fun, and I, yeah, he's just. I, I just heard his voice, and I was like, he's a cool guy. Yeah, so. good player too, which helps. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. Uh, we'll talk about your your hockey pool in a second because I understand you're you're celebrating a win already. I'm having I'm seven, having good seven times. Series lately. left. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Seven point one series left. They got to finish the part. <laughs> part of the first round later tonight. Chris in Phoenix is on the line. Chris, thanks for calling Inside Sports, buddy. What's going on? Hey, nothing. I just, uh, I've been listening to the uh, Islanders game, and uh, if I wasn't, uh, you know, too uh, crazy about uh, signing or, or uh, trading for Hamannick like I usually am, uh, we need to do whatever we can to get this this kid when he comes available. Um, he, he makes this, he would make this blue line instantly better. Uh, along with a couple of other uh, additions uh, up front, maybe, and then the blue line. Uh, the, the comment I had, somebody uh, said something, and I can't believe I'm going to do this, so hopefully uh, oil country doesn't uh, go crazy and, and flame me out. Um, somebody made a comment regarding uh, Batman as if not wanting a Canadian team to win the lottery. I, I, I had never understood why Gary Batman gets booed. Um, I, I get guess I get, get why he gets booed in other markets, but I don't get why he always gets booed in Edmonton. Um, Edmonton, uh, as a huge Oilers fan, as a lifelong Oilers fan, Oilers fans should never boo this guy. When I was in high school, he did everything in his power to keep the Oilers in Edmonton. I, rem- I remember the Oilers were uh, they were they were moments away from moving to Houston. If it was up to Pocklington, that that team would have been gone. And, and Bettman, uh, I'll have to research this, or maybe if one of you, you guys can look it up, but I could have sworn uh, that uh, there was an actual rule put in by Bettman. Uh, if somebody was to buy the Oilers and move them out of Edmonton, that it would have been a huge, huge fine, uh, almost double uh, of what uh, the uh, cost of the Oilers were. Like, if it, let's just say if the Oilers were, were sold for $70 million, it would have cost uh, the owner another $70 million to move the team or something like that. Um, I, I remember something like that. that was a long time ago, but uh, yeah. So uh, that's all I have on that uh, Batman front, and uh, let's go Oilers, and uh, that's it. Chris, thanks a lot for calling. I, I don't remember that that specifically, but yeah. Here's the thing: I think Gary Batman gets booed because it's just a, a thing to boo the authority figure. But doesn't he also look like somebody you want to hate? <laughs> he is pretty smarmy. There's no doubt. He's about just that. he's got the face and the look where you just you see him and. I just don't like you. I don't know why, but I just don't. <laughs> That's great. Greg Reynolds just the, likes booing ugly people. <laughs> I didn't say ugly. You no, just I think it. that's what you're implying. <laughs> I think the implication was strongly there, Greg. Can we talk? Chris, his name is Chris, right? Yeah, he's great. Calls almost every night. Okay, Listens so. Listens to us in Phoenix. And and we, I'm sure you appreciate that, but yeah, the, the Hammonick thing, I think he's way off. No, Hamannick, you don't think Hamannick's good? I think he's a great player, but if, if he was game-changing enough for us to go after and really put all our, our chips in for him, why did the Islanders go get Letty and uh, Boychuk? 
Well, then you, know, you can never have enough D. Hey, look, look, his point is Hamannick improves the Oilers and makes them better. Well, the yeah, but you could say he's that about... not. He's not an offensive stallion, though. I, I get. I, I just think that all this stuff about Hamannick and listen, they had to go get two guys to play in front of him. So he's not going to be the game changer we think he's going to be. He's just going to be another piece. Yeah, he's going to be great, but you could say that about a lot of. Well, okay, if you, if if you're defining game changer as a you know, Connor McDavid's a game changer. Of course, Hamannick's not a game changer of that. He makes the team better. He makes a team that has continually struggled to defend it, the scoring area in front of its own net. He he improves that area. But the are there not a handful of guys out there oh, on sure. the blue line that you could pay less of a price for? Is what I'm saying. Sure. I mean, maybe sure. I mean, and, and maybe a guy like Vatanen from the Ducks is available or or whatever. But Hamannick has said he wants to be traded to Western Canada, so that's why he's out there. Right? That's why he keeps being discussed. I hate guys that ask for trades to certain places. It's so, not, It's not. no. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. I think it could happen. Uh, you can text uh, 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. Greg Reynolds from uh, Kissing Country 1039. Already lighting fires. Been here two minutes lighting fires. No, it's fine. No, it's, 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 it's fine. I, I, I think you're... Uh, I think you're underestimating Hamannick, and I don't think I'm overestimating. Oh, by the way, Tampa Bay scored, so it's 4-3. We should mention that. They're pulling Vasilevsky now to get the empty net. Anytime I get excited about things in my life, this happens. Because I was just telling you before we went on the air, I was so excited about my hockey pool because I was in one of those snake drafts, and if you're in the, one of those drafts, you get it. All the you, you can sort of see the pattern if you're drafting late in the round. And so I saw all my buddies going heavy on Ducks and Kings and uh, Blackhawks and Capitals and Panthers. And that was the trend. So I said, I'm either going to take third liners from those teams and get smoked, or I'm going to take a risk. So I took some Islanders, took some Sharks, and I was bragging about it. And now it's 4-3 and I'm getting a little sweaty. Uh, Well, you still got four goals from the Islanders, even if they lose. No, but I need them to keep going. Boy, Tampa's all over them here. Yeah, I don't like it. Left. I don't like it. Well, it's only game one. Don't worry. Game seven is the one later. This is still <laughs> this this is is the going second seven? round. This is, it's like an episode of Lost. This is the second round. Then we're going to go back to the first round. You're not going to like me right now. I've never then, seen Lost. Oh, it's a good show. It's, all, it, uh, does, it's a non-linear story. Oh, I don't like that. No, you got to... I just started watching Vinyl this morning. <laughs> I guess my brain does work that way. <laughs> The Islanders got an empty netter. What? Okay, so what's the deal with the vinyl? Oh, it's great. It's uh, Mick Jagger and Scorsese produced it behind the They're scenes. They're not in it. No, yeah, but yeah, it's about. It'd be great if they were in it. Record company? Well, not really. <laughs> it's about record record companies in the seventies. It's great. It's a good show. And it's, Olivia it's Wilde told an order. We like Huge Olivia Wilde. In house. Ray Romano for some reason is in there. Oh, everybody, Debra! Everybody loves him. Debra! I never watched that show. Oh, it's the worst. I don't watch a lot of TV. I watch <laughs> The Walking Dead and I watch sports. Cal Clutterbuck. With an uh, empty... Boy, he fired that in there, eh? I like that guy. (laughs) He's one of those grinders that you need to get far in the playoffs. Right, but who would you you sooner have? Clutterbuck or Niederreiter? That was the trade. Minnesota and the Islanders. Oh, man. Whoa. Yeah, I guess he'd rather have... I don't know. Niederreiter's never going to live up to his full potential. Clutterbuck fills his role on the Islanders. And that's the thing about the Oilers. You have guys, you look at them individually sometimes and say, well, they're good players, but it just hasn't fit together But don't as, you think that's that's another thing that the Oilers need is some of those more role guys like a Clutterbuck? Well, yes, they need more they need more of a physical presence and more of a grinding presence and they've tried to add that with Maroon and Cassian, I love that Maroon. But they're not that done. was they're the not best. done. That Maroon trade was 
one of my favorites in a long time. And uh, Anaheim's still paying a quarter of his salary. Did you did you get in a pool? You didn't tell me anything about your pool. We're talking all about my success. I, I, the I, I, went, I honestly, the, I had the Oilers Nation guys on after the end of the season. I heard that. Bag What's the one guy's bag? <laughs> yeah, those are their those are their real names. Those are their real names. Little known fact. They were getting ripped on the text line, weren't they? Well, I think they had jean some, bag and milk shorts I, I, I think, and stuff like that. I think they had some some buddies. Yeah, uh, I was listening to you on the way home. That was funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you're in a pool with them or no? I'm in, the Oilers, I'm in the Oilers Nation pool. I don't know where I am. I haven't looked. Where where did you go heavy on? What was well, your draft strategy? He's one of those guys. You have to. He wasn't a. He was a draft, but you click a guy out of a box. Oh, box drafts are the four. worst. I don't mind those actually. You have no control. You just want a, a certain yes, guy, do. and then you say, "Yeah, you control who you click on." That's <sighs> absolute control. Did Not into it. it. Not for me. Uh, some text here to six thirty six thirty. DW says, uh, "I don't think Oilers fans boo Gary Bettman because they don't like him. That is all past. Now it's just fun to boo him, and he expects it and takes it in stride." DW says, Hamannick is only a $3.85 million cap hit that's cheap for a number two or three D-man in the NHL, and he still has three to four years left. Well, yes, he has uh, four years left after this one. And uh, Lanny says, guys, give up on your Hamannick pipe dream. He will not uproot from New York to get a mere one hour closer to Winnipeg. Uh, read his story for him. It is Winnipeg or nothing. That is from Lanny. Well, well like we'll me see. some Lanny. Lanny, I'm in with you. Good text. All right. We'll see. We'll see. Uh... All right, so you drafted you drafted New York Islanders. And Sharks. And Sharks. So, well, I didn't expect the Sharks to beat the Kings. Oh, neither did I. So every game that they won, I was like, oh, yeah. So it's good. So money coming my way, I'm hoping. Because right, well, don't you think that's the one thing the Sharks needed was to, to sort of conquer that hurdle of beating the Kings finally? Well, sure. But I, still, I don't think I think Anaheim's going to win tonight, and then I think Anaheim will beat San Jose. You're just crushing my. I come up here to have my dreams crushed. I sweat. I walk well, up the stairs. That's what I do. You should talk to Andrew Gross about me. <laughs> uh, just got a text. Who is this guy? Doesn't like Hamannick. Likes Clutterbuck. I'm a grinder. Listen, I I led my team in penalties when I played hockey for three straight seasons. That's the story behind my Clutterbuck connection. Okay. Clutterbuck's an effective role player. For sure. Hamannick's a better hockey player. Oh, play no. Uh, I mean, if you're going to pick yeah. one, there was never Hamannick or Clutterbuck. Listen. He's just saying he liked Clutterbuck. Like a lot of Oilers fans like Matt Hendricks. Sure, yeah. Even though absolutely. you recognize he's not going to get you more than five goals a year. He's, he's he a team guy. He's going right. to lay it all on the line. He'll fight if you need him to fight. He can score the timely goal. But obviously, I'd rather have Hamannick. Are you uh, caught up in the uh, draft lottery hype? A lot, a lot of kissing folks talking about that? <laughs> you know, I... Not as much as I should be, I guess. I I just I can't get too excited about draft lotteries. If we pick first, that's great. Where would I mean? Would you want to pick first, or would you rather a second or? A I'd third always to want to it? pick first. Okay, you got to be greedy, right? Sure. I mean, here's the thing: saying, "Well, do you want the first overall pick?" If you're a bad team, is is like is like asking. Okay, here's the thing: you would never ask a team in the top ten in the standings, "Do you want to win the Stanley Cup?" No, of course. Well, of course. Not. So if you're a bad team, well, do you want to pick first? Well, yes. The history doesn't matter that they've been bad for so long and had other four of their picks. Shirelli's like, oh, I don't know. They'd already won the lottery last year when I got hired, and we had a bad year, so yeah, I want to pick first. So you keep the pick if we get it? I think they keep the pick, yeah. But if it was you, would you keep it or would you trade it? I'd keep it. 
And then try to move another piece or see how everybody fits there? No, you try to move another piece. Who do you move? Well, you ask around about uh, what people are going to give you for Nuge and even Dreisaitl. Nuge? Quite see, frankly. I, I hear a lot of talk about moving well, Nuge. Well, because it's a center. Because Matthews is another center. Sure. I guess you got it. I mean, that's the odd man out. It just it just seems brutal because he's... I, I just don't think he's hit Players his Players get traded yet. all the time. <laughs> like, I, I, just, I don't know. Like, I don't... Look, there's there's the there's the there's the people's side of it. Sure, Nugent Hopkins is is seems to be a perfectly nice human being, and whether he play, I mean, just like I was saying about Justin Schultz in the last half hour, I don't wish Justin Schultz any ill will, but it apparently reached the point where it just wasn't going to work for him in Edmonton. And I hope he does great for the Penguins. He's not getting to play right now. Phil Bork talked about that, but that's that's life on a good team. I was I was downstairs with my with my head in the sand. What what's the deal there? Well, he's seventh on the depth chart with the wow. Pittsburgh Penguins, so he's he's not playing. He's only played one playoff game. There's nobody playing poorly enough that Justin Schultz should replace right now, wow. according to the Penguins coaching staff. But the thing is, look, I, I talk to Oilers fans daily. I want them to be happy. I don't want them to be miserable with a team in the bottom three year after year. So if that means guys get traded who are good players, but the team as a whole improves, then fine, that's life. That's what Shirley, here's what Here's my standard line, Greg. Let's say they trade whoever, Everly Hall, Nugent Hopkins, Yakupov, Davidson, Nurse, Clefbaum. Pick a young player who's might be pretty good or who already is pretty good. Fair enough. That creates a hole in the lineup. But maybe it creates a better mix of players that all fit together and work together better. And like I said, what are you afraid of, finishing 35th? You cannot do any worse than the Oilers have done especially the last seven years. So what do you think is going to be the Twitter wrath? Because Twitter seems to be the most harsh when it comes to sports, I think. And so what do you think the wrath is going to be on Twitter towards Oilers fans if on the weekend the number one pick comes? I don't care. Doesn't matter. Well, why does it matter? It's lottery balls. I just love that people are so upset. With the Oilers, because they keep getting the, the first overall pick, and it's like, what What do you want them to do? Well, be better, I guess. But. Well, that's the thing. They want them to be better, but here, here's, here's the way I look at it. The only teams that might get mad are the other bad teams, like the Leafs and the Sabres and, and Columbus, and this year Vancouver has a good pick at the lottery. I, I mean, if, if here, like, let's turn it around. I mean, we always think of everything from an Edmonton-centric perspective. If we're, if we're the Detroit Red Wings and had made the playoffs 25 consecutive seasons, do you care what happens with the draft lottery? <laughs> no. No. So, I, I mean, it, it's, it's and again, it's, it's, to, it's a random event. So I, I don't know what there is to get mad about. I mean, I guess teams, I guess other, te- I guess other markets are mad because, well, here's this team that has all these high picks and they're not any better. Well, if I'm in another market... I want other teams to fail because I want my team to be the best sure. or to be better. So if I mean if I if I'm in another market, I'd be like, well, whatever. The Oilers haven't proven that they can do anything with the high pick so far. So what am I worried about? People just love to hate. Well, they do. They love to hate. They love to find negative things, and they love to get mad at things they can't control. Absolutely. I mean, here's the thing: when somebody else wins the fifty million dollar Lotto Max. Do you get mad at this that person? No, most people are like, "Oh, good for them," even if they themselves had a ticket. I'd be nicer if they gave me a little money, but yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't get mad at them. So it, it's, I, 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 the, the, the problem is here's another standard line I use, Greg. 
the the Oilers picking high wherever they're going to pick is not a draft lottery problem. It's not an NHL problem. It's an Oilers problem. So yeah. if people are mad at the draft lottery or the NHL for not changing the rules, that's misguided anger. But do you do at, you at, think that if if the Oilers get first overall again, do you think anything's going to be done to change the lottery system? No. They've already changed it. They changed it this year. This year is a new lottery system where they're picking three teams. So the Oilers, if if neither the Leafs nor the Oilers get drawn in those three picks, the Oilers will pick fifth. So in that case, people are going to say, oh, thank God it worked because the team that did bad again got dropped down to a lesser pick. Yep. Now let me tell you a few things. Do you have any good luck charms for this weekend? No. I don't like, are you I, sitting there I don't believe with, with your hat shaking out like the NASCAR people when they're watching their favorite car no. go by? No, I don't. Come do on, number one. I don't believe in luck. Really? Well, there's going to be luck for whatever team wins the draft lottery. I don't believe in in me myself having some sort of an effect on 14 ping pong balls on the other side of the country. Now, what? <laughs> I did it! I did it! What about the uh, Wilkins? <laughs> what about the Wilkins draft lottery party? Like, what are we having? It's well, I'm on the radio. Oof, okay, so we're what are we bringing gonna, in we're here? We're out at five. We're, All right. We're, well, I don't know if it's going to be a... Well, we can call it a party if it makes you feel happier about it. Bring milk bag and jean shorts in here and bring some... <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 they'd probably love to be here. It's uh, Greg Reynolds from Kissing Country 103.9. More with him when we get back. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. It's 7.53 Inside Sports on 630 Chet. The uh, Islanders do beat the Lightning 5-3 to go up 1-0 in that series. Shane Prince scored twice. Ben Bishop was pulled in that game. Game 7 between the Ducks and the Predators starts in about 15 minutes. The Chicago White Sox up 4 nothing on the Blue Jays going to the bottom of the ninth. Brandon leads Red Deer 2-1 after 1. They're also up 2-1 in the series. Kelowna and Seattle still to play tonight. Seattle is up 3-zip uh, in that series. Reed Wilkins in studio with Kissin' Country 1039's Greg Reynolds. Greg, thanks again for coming upstairs. Anytime you want to have me on to share my ridiculous opinions and... Well, I don't think they're ridiculous at all. No, but it's fun for me. Well, my, it should be. My life is is country music and sports. So the, when I get to talk about them both in one day, it's a lot of fun for me. Uh, you're a big football fan as well. You mentioned Adarius oh, Bowman. Th- that's my life. And, and I've uh, actually... We talked about being in an NHL playoff pool. I actually had to stop myself from being in NFL pools every season. How many do you usually do? I cut myself off two years ago. I was in, like, three a season, and it wasn't bad, but I would pay a lot of money to get in them and never win. It was bleeding me dry, Reed, so I had to cut myself off cold turkey, and now I'm like that that married guy who has single friends that's like, oh, yeah, how, how'd the date go? What'd she look like? I'm always, like, looking at my buddy's teams and trying to tinker with them. It's an addiction. So, sorry, it? how many teams do you, did you do now? Zero. I cut well, myself off. Any, you, no, you cut cold turkey. Totally I'm off. off. I'm out. Man. You should probably wean yourself. No, I had to go cold turkey. I couldn't do it anymore. And it would ruin my week, losing. I would be a mess. You wouldn't want to be around me. You couldn't talk to me. Especially when I would lose to somebody who knew nothing about the NFL. 
Oh, it would drive me nuts. Well, how do you know they didn't know anything? I about played the NFL? three kickers and I won. You can't Good play three kickers. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, NFL draft is it tomorrow already? Isn't it? Thir- yeah, Thursday. You know what, Scotty, who's who's on right now on Kissing Country, and I were talking about the NFL draft quickly tonight, and uh, I couldn't care less. I, there's come? there's no sexy name in the draft besides Ezekiel Elliott, but it's a running back, and who knows, right? It's a toss up. It's just a lot of it's a, it's a weird draft year. It's like a Yakupov year. Not sure who to take. <laughs> it's nothing that We're exciting. We'll be laughing at it five years from now. Exactly. Like there's Jeff Goff and a bunch of Jordan Lynch, a bunch of quarterbacks who might be backups one day. Jordan Lynch. That's the same name of the Eskimo guy. Yeah, same name. Oh, interesting. Could be a different guy. Could well, be it has the wrong to be name. a different guy. I could be... I, I, I could have the name wrong. It's a Lynch. I think he played uh, a BYU or something. The, but. the NFL draft, it's, it's, a, it's three days now, isn't it? They've gone to a three-day format? Yeah, and I used to be really intense about it, just like <laughs> being in the pools. I used to get together with my buddies, and we all wear our jerseys and get pizza and beer. And we'd all go through the first round, and that was it. You care about the first round. But I just this year is just it's boring. All right. I, I couldn't care less. Uh, Mike Riley got the contract extension. You must have been happy to see that. Oh, I was so happy. But when you have a good leader... Your team has a chance to win every year no matter what management is doing, and that that is the cornerstone of the team. When you have a guy that can get knocked around and get up and still play, it doesn't matter how he performs, but still get out there and lead the team to a win, you need to have that guy around. All right, when are you on the radio, buddy? Two to seven every single afternoon. Kissing Country 103.9. We're but in the same building. What? Before, before we go here, who's, yeah. your, who's your NFL team? Seahawks. Do you care who they pick? No. <laughs> I'm not even going to... Well, I mean, I'll mention stuff uh, tomorrow. Hey, I had uh, John Ryan on the show yesterday, their punter. Oh, he's jacked, cool. yeah. Yeah, you should go back and listen to it. It's good stuff. I used to work in Regina. I talked to him one time. Oh, nice. He's like a king around there. Anybody Saskatchewan that gets famous and goes out of Saskatchewan is just gigantic. He's the king of Regina at this point. Greg, thanks for staying late, buddy. I appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for letting me... What's uh, your Twitter handle? At Greg, C-I-S-N-G-R-E-G-G. That is Greg Reynolds, Drive Time host on Kissing Country 103.9. Always great to have him on the show. We'll do this again. Hey, how about this? Michael Pinball Clemens coming up after the 8 o'clock. You had me on the coolest show ever, and I'm such a dud. I apologize for that. (laughs) No, no, you were good. No, we got Pinball and then this guy. Whatever. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.